Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Radical. Fundamental principles of freedom, rational self-interest, and individual rights. This is the Yaron Brook Show. All right, everybody, welcome to Yaron Brook Show on this uh, Thursday, Thursday of War. All right, so I know you've all been waiting to hear this, but I was wrong. I was wrong. I underestimated the irrationality of Vladimir Putin. I underestimated his complete insanity and how crazy he is, how uncalculated he is, and how willing he is to put everything on the line, including his own presidency, for the sake of, what did we call it the other day? What did he call it? The greater Russian whatever, spirit, the greater Russian nation, the greater Russian ethnic group, the greater Russian homeland. And yes, in spite of the fact that I said he, I did not think that he would invade, he did. He's crazy. I should stop trying to predict what crazy people will do. That is, uh, that is probably my mistake. Um, he is, you know, nuts. This is uh, suicidal for Russia. It is probably suicidal for him, although we'll see how it all plays out. Um, it is a disaster for everybody involved. It's obviously a disaster for the Ukrainian people. Uh, for, for the Ukrainian soldiers. I don't know if you heard today um, on uh, Snake Island in the Black Sea, uh, which is a small, tiny little island in the Black Sea, which had uh, a research, a Ukrainian research facility, scientists, 13 soldiers there to defend the island. Um, the Russians asked them to surrender. They refused. Um, they, were, they were all killed to the last man. Um, this is ugly. But this is war. This is the way war is. And I know there are the people out there from, um, you know, uh, from Bronze Age pervert to uh, some perverts who 
follow this show, who think war is cool, who think Vladimir Putin is a man because he is willing to go to war and he's willing to kill and he's willing to destroy and he's willing to knock things down and blow things up and destroy human life. But no, Vladimir Putin is just another little Attila, another little monster, another little political hack whose life is worthless and whose life will be destroyed by his own actions. Nothing virtuous here, nothing worth emulating here, nothing worth admiring here. What you're seeing today is the worst of mankind, not the best, on the Russian side. Um, and we will see. We will see what will happen. It, 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 a lot of this is going to depend on uh, the commitment of the Ukrainians to fight, the willingness of them uh, to engage with the Russians, uh, to fight them off, uh, and, uh, and to resist. We'll see. It's way too early to tell how this is going to play out. But this is not going to be cheap. This is not going to be cheap for Putin. This is going to be expensive. The casualties on the Russian side are already mounting. Body bags are already being shipped home. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, T-72 tanks, which I've talked about in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the past, are already being destroyed. Helicopters have already been brought down. Now, it's likely Russia wins this. They've got overwhelming force. But think about the motivation of the Russian soldiers. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that. Think of the motivation of the Russian soldiers. Why are they there? They don't care. I don't know if you saw the initial pictures of uh, Russian prisoners of war captured by the Ukrainians. They, they don't look highly motivated to, to be doing what they're doing. What the hell are they doing there? Why, why, why are they, were their families at risk? Was their, quote, liberty in danger? No, Russian troops are not particularly motivated. Uh, Russian people are out in the streets to protest. Thousands. Already, uh, last I saw, 1,800 people have been arrested. That suggests to me that a lot of people out in the streets of 1,800 people have been arrested already. Um, these are people with great courage, given what Putin does to his opponents, poisons them, tortures them, kills them, puts them in jail for life. We're seeing demonstrations in Moscow, in St. Petersburg, in smaller cities around Russia. Hard to find, by the way, these pictures and this news. It doesn't just appear um, in... Um, in, in the feeds, it, you know, when I look at Google News, it doesn't, it, it, it is nothing about this. But, uh, you know, Putin is, um, is taking an economy that is uh, less than half the size of Germany's, uh, less than a quarter of the size of Germany on the 
uh, on a on a per person uh, on a GDP per, per person basis, uh, an economy that has been floundering for years, an economy with very little economic growth, dependent on natural resources, and that is it, nothing else. Cook, thank you for the support. And now uh, with sanctions. Uh, uh, you know, now with the crippling of, of assets, with the shutting down of the new gas pipeline to Germany, at least for now, we'll see how long the West Resolve will hold out. Uh, he is about to cripple his own country. Putin has done nothing here beneficial to anybody. He is completely detached from reality. Uh, this will make Russia poorer. It'll make Russia, uh, you know, even more dependent on natural resources than it is because they won't be able to do anything else. It'll make Russia technology poor. Russia depends on its technological advancement on importation of technology from the United States, and the United States just banned that exports to Russia. Uh, you know, Russia has just proved itself to be an aggressor nation, a nation committed to war, a nation of warmongers. Therefore, it is a pariah on the world. And the only thing, the only thing will allow Russia to gain anything from this, the only thing that can allow Russia to benefit at all from this is the West's weakness. And, and the, rest is, the West is already weak. I cannot believe that the United States still has an ambassador in Moscow. I cannot believe that we still have diplomatic relations with them. I, I mean, even Ukraine only last night cut off diplomatic relations with the Russians, which is kind of a joke. I cannot believe that Russia is still treated. Do you know that Russia right now, that Russia is chairs the Security Council meetings of the United Nations? There's a good reason for you for us to leave the United Nations tomorrow. A pariah nation like Russia should not be a member of the Security Council, should not be in the United Nations. Of course, neither should three-quarters of the countries that are in the United Nations be there. That's why the whole institution should be dissolved. But it is the weakness of the West, which is the only possibility of Russia benefiting here. I mean, what Biden poor, weak, senile, pathetic, old Biden should have done today is not only cut off diplomatic relations with Moscow, brought an ambassador home, not only placed sanctions on Putin himself. Note that no sanctions were placed on Putin, on a bunch of oligarchs surrounding Putin. How about freezing Putin's assets? I wish we could in Switzerland. That would, that would send a, a little shock signal to Putin. How about announcing this this would really be cool, right? How about announcing a complete lifting of all restrictions on fracking, on production of natural gas, and in the export of natural gas from the United States and the introduction of fracking and the production of natural gas from the UK? Uh, and guess who's rooting for Putin? If it's not your favorite former president, 
Trump, who still thinks Putin is a brilliant genius strategist who's manipulating the world as he plunges Russia into poverty and into suicide. Bannon, who thinks Russian, Putin is great because Putin, there's, you know, there's no woke in Putin. Putin doesn't tolerate woke and doesn't tolerate transgender people. So Putin is a good guy. Yeah, he only takes people he disagrees with and cancels them. But Putin knows how to cancel people. He literally cancels them. He puts a bullet in their brain. It is sick, sick to see the American right, including people here on this chat, sick to see the American right, the right that is supposed to represent the founding fathers, supposed to represent liberty and freedom in this country, supposed to stand up for individual rights, supposed to be pro-capitalist. It is sick to see a right defend a brutal dictator because he's anti-left. Defend somebody who shoots his opponents, kills his opponents. And then people are comparing him to Justin Trudeau. Justin Trudeau is awful, horrible, pathetic. But Justin Trudeau has not invaded a country, has not killed dozens of people, has not murdered his political opponents. Not yet, anyway. He's heading there, but not yet. And yet, to you, it's all the same, because there's only one enemy. There's the left. Oh, my God, the left. And if we have to hug Hitler and adopt Hitler in order to defeat the left, let's go for it. This is not America. These are not people who should lead America. Flynn, Michael Flynn, Trump's biggest cheerleader. Michael Flynn is justifying Putin because he's fighting for his ethnic purity, I guess. This is what we've come to. Tucker Carlson, who for days and days and days now has been justifying anything Putin would do. Being cheerleading Putin. Why? Because Putin's a man's man. He knows how to use muscles. He knows how to take people out. Oh, we admire people like that. Because to hell with individual rights, to hell with America, to hell with Americanism, to hell with what this country stands for. We support muscle. You see it here in the chat with the guy putting up all those the, the, the emojis of muscle. Because that's what we've come to. We've come to a point in this country where we admire men of muscle. We admire the thugs. We admire the warmongers. We admire the, the people who are willing to go out there and destroy and break all in order to defend the left, in order to attack the left. As long as we attack the left, individual rights are out. Reason is out. Capitalism is out. None of that matters. As long as we don't have transgender people. We, unfortunately, when I say we, I'm talking about much of the American rights, unfortunately. Not all, not all, but much. Too many. Too many. Truly despicable and truly disgusting. Had to get that off my chest. Shali, thank you. <laughs> I 
appreciate that. All right, let's put up a map. Because uh, uh, we like to go through maps and we like to, to try to see what's actually happening in the world. So let's, let's put up a map. Um, oops, not that. There we go. There's a map. Hopefully you guys can see that. Um, uh, it's a map of Ukraine. Uh, the, the, the red dots with like things splashing out of them. Uh, those, are, um, uh, those are places that uh, Russia this morning uh, was already bombing. Those are the major cities. You can see Kiev. Right there, you can see running through Ukraine, and I don't know. Do, do you see? Do you see that when I? Yeah, I think you can see that when I draw this box. You can see in that inside this box, you can see uh, a, a major river that flows through Ukraine that separates Ukraine from east to, uh, from east to west. It is a river that flows right through Kiev. Uh, one of the sad things today for me was watching some of the TV coverage and uh, as as a battle was raging, raging for the airport in Kiev. To see the bridges and the river, bridges and rivers that I have traveled across, uh, places that I've been in Kiev, uh, Maidan, uh, which is kind of at the center in front of, uh, right in the center of Kiev where the revolution of 2014 occurred. Um, you know, it was sad, sad to know that uh, that, that area is now, uh, you know, basically a war zone. So you can see, you can see this river uh, separates east and west. Uh, there's a good chance uh, that, the, that the Ukrainians are going to try to muster their forces across this river and try to do what they can to prevent the Russians from crossing it. Uh, the challenge that they face is that if you look to the north of Ukraine, you can see Belarus. Now, if you remember last year, Belarus was in trouble. The Belarusian um, uh, dictator was accused of uh, cooking the books, uh, was accused of uh, stealing an election. There were tens of thousands of people in the streets, maybe hundreds of thousands of people in the streets. There was a good chance that his regime would be overthrown. Uh, and he basically clamped down on those people. And the Russians supported him, uh, supported him completely. And Putin came in and, and offered troops as support and gave him political cover as he repressed the, uh, the demonstrations. Well, Belarus is paying Putin back now by allowing Russian troops to uh, invade Ukraine. Uh, from the north. And, and the problem with that is, the danger with that is, of course, that they can now come uh, at Kiev from the west so they can, uh, they can get to the other side of the river and, um, uh, and attack Kiev from the west. And you're seeing that. Uh, uh, one of the first things, one of the, interestingly, and I don't have really good explanation for this. I'm curious if anybody out there has one. But one of the interesting things is that the, one of the first targets of uh, the Russian forces uh, was the former um, uh, Chernobyl, the former uh, nuclear power plant that, of course, melted down uh, during the Soviet Union during the 1980s. And uh, uh, that is a depository of a lot of uh, highly radioactive material. And that was the first target, one of the first targets of the Russian forces. Now, it could be that's by accident because it's on the road to Kiev. It could be that they have some other goal uh, in terms of uh, what they want to do with Chernobyl, in terms of threatening the West, in terms of threatening uh, Ukraine. I don't quite get it because anything they do there in terms of releasing radioactivity could very well drift into Russia. So um, uh, it's an area where you do not want to be shelling, you do not want to be bombarding because you could hit one of those depositories of radioactive material left over from Chernobyl. Um, and, uh, you know, so... That, so 
uh, Ukrainian forces fought them off, but ultimately the Russians took that. I think Ukrainian forces are now basically uh, trying to defend Kiev, particularly from the north, where um, so, the, so, so the Russians are coming in from, uh, if you will, from where it says Pachep Pop, Pop, up here, uh, right up there. Uh, they're coming in from this, from that region, from this region over here towards Kiev, and they're coming in from this region over here towards Kiev. Um, and and I think the the much of the Ukrainian military will be devoted to defending Kiev uh, from those flanks. Uh, one of the most interesting battles today was occurred in the airport, the international airport outside of Kiev. Again, an international airport I have flown into. Um, the airport was originally uh, the Russians landed helicopters in the airport with forces. Those forces uh, took the airport uh, from the Ukrainians. They, they uh, took control over the airport. I think the reason was, even though the Russians had bombed, I think, most of the airports in Ukraine, my sense is that they had kept that airport free and they were going to take control over it and then fly troops in, fly troops and, and, uh, and uh, uh, potentially uh, uh, armored troop carriers into, key, into the airport which is only about 10 miles outside of, uh, outside of Kiev, and then drive them uh, towards Kiev. Uh, tonight, reports out of Kiev are that the, that the Ukrainians have taken it back. I have a theory about this. I, I suspect that, um, that the Russians uh, are poorly equipped. I suspect that uh, the Russians don't have uh, night fighting equipment. They don't have the kind of equipment the Americans have, the Israelis have, and maybe the Ukrainians have, and that the Russians are poorly equipped to fight at night, so that once night fell, the uh, Ukrainians could use their night vision goggles that they probably bought from the Americans uh, or, or were given by the Americans, and uh, to take back the airports. And it looks like they've taken back the airports and, and they hold it now. Whether they can hold it long term is hard to say. The, the Russians really want that airport. It is a direct link into Kiev. But that doesn't save Kiev because, as I said, You've got forces coming in from the north, driving towards the capital. Putin last night said that he basically is going to kill the leadership of Ukraine. He called them Nazis. He's going to denazify Ukraine. There's a sick mind. Think about the president of Ukraine. I don't know if you know this, but the president of Ukraine is a Jew uh, who has family members who died in the hands of the Nazis. And yet Putin was calling him a Nazi talking about denazification of Ukraine last night. That's how sick and pathetic uh, Putin actually is. Um, and, uh, you know, we will see whether he gets to do that. I hope, I hope uh, uh, the president of Ukraine has a retreat plan, probably to Lviv. Uh, Lviv is, is the closest to the West you can get. It is a beautiful city on the west side of Ukraine, close to Poland. From there, you can easily escape uh, into Poland and, and get away out, you know, and, and run a government from exile over there. At the same time, as the Russians have attacked from the north and from the northeast, they've also attacked from the east itself, so from this entire region, from uh, the uh, Donetsk uh, area, which is these uh, eastern provinces that, uh, that declared their autonomy from, uh, from Ukraine, a while back, um, and uh, they, are, they are pushing west from there, and they've also invaded from Crimea and going north, and they've also tried to land from the sea. Another key target other than Kiev is Odessa, 
right down here. Oops, let's see, right down here. What the Russians would like to do is, is basically cut Ukraine off in the Black Sea. So they would like to take, go from Donetsk all the way to Crimea and from Crimea all the way to Odessa and to the Romanian border and capture that entire territory uh, and, and, um, and, and, keep it, uh, and keep it there uh, and, and make it Russian and, and cut Kiev off from its only uh, uh, connection uh, to the sea. Uh, Russia has overwhelming numbers. Uh, I think it's inferior technologically. Uh, Russian weaponry is inferior generally to Western weaponry by, by a big margin. It's not even close. Uh, these uh, MiGs and Sokolov planes, I mean, luckily for the Russians, they're not fighting NATO. NATO would wipe them out in days. I mean, literally in days. Uh, put aside the nuclear side, conventional weapons, uh, NATO crushes Russia in days. It, it wipes out its air force very, very quickly. Uh, uh, you know, a, a T-72, a T-80 has never put down an American uh, Abrams tank or a German tank. Uh, the American tanks are far superior to Russian tanks. German tanks are far superior to Russian tanks. Israeli tanks are far superior to Russian tanks. Uh, the only uh, a good Russian weapon system they have is the, is the AK-47. That's about it. And that was, that was produced uh, a long, long, long time ago, almost a century ago. Uh, so... Uh, Ukraine actually has, uh, to the extent that they have weapon, uh, sophisticated uh, Western weaponry, uh, has a technological advantage. For example, um, uh, T-72s have gone down in flame uh, because the Ukrainians are using Javelin, American uh, Javelin anti-tank uh, weapons. Uh, Javelin anti-tank weapons are, are incredibly um, superior to anything the Russians have. And, uh, you know, if the, if the Ukrainians have enough of them, and I hope that one of the things the United States right now is doing is shipping as many Javelin anti-tank missiles into Ukraine as possible, hopefully through Poland or, or, or through one of the other bordering nations, that is the one weapon uh, that can really, really, really change things on the ground. Uh, the Russians, again, have a huge numerical advantage but the Javelin is far superior weapon system to anything the Russians have. Russian tanks are, are little death traps. T-72s, T-80s are death traps for the people, in, for the soldiers inside of them. Uh, you know, the Javelins can stop an entire convoy of, by, of tanks by taking out the tanks in front. You can slow down whole columns. Uh, you can take them out and you can, you can change the, the, the balance of power. Uh, very quickly. Ross is seeing the use of uh, anti-aircraft and anti-helicopter missiles, again, American weapon systems that the Ukrainians are using. And they've taken down a number of helicopters and supposedly they've taken down a number of airplanes as well. Uh, so this is far from a done deal. While, again, Russia will probably win this, in quotes, because it'll, it'll be a It'll be a, 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 a victory on the ground, but it'll be a disaster for Russia. Uh, the Ukrainians have a shot at at least making this very expensive for Putin, very expensive for Putin. And the more expensive this becomes uh, from Putin, the more expensive this becomes for Putin, um, the more likely it is that somebody in the Kremlin takes him out. Uh, it's not hard to tell how popular Putin really is. It's hard to tell what the tolerance of the Russian people or even the Russian generals is uh, uh, for casualties. It's hard to tell 
yeah, writing stuff in all caps really makes a difference on the chat. You should, you should all do that. You should all start writing in all caps because that makes it true. That makes it true. Um, Putin is likely, uh, you know, to the extent that these oligarchs who are losing their access to their beautiful condos and beautiful homes in London, to the, to the, to, to the point where these oligarchs are losing access to their bank accounts in London and in New York, uh, you know, a lot of those beautiful new condos that were built on Fifth Avenue were owned by Russian oligarchs to the extent that they are no longer welcome in the United States. They cannot access their assets in the United States. If you continue to do that, if you continue to shun them, there is a chance, there is a chance that they will turn on Putin and destroy Putin. So, yeah, isn't Chelsea owned by the Russians? Um, they own a lot of assets in the UK, and now those assets are frozen. Uh, or I hope they are. That, that was my understanding of what uh, Johnson announced today. Um, Putin could easily be toast here. Putin could easily be toast. He could easily be overthrown by his own people. He could easily be overthrown by people within his own government. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, Colt says, from reliable government of Ukraine, so seven helicopters, seven fighters, 24 tanks, and 24, 20 armored vehicles of Russian Federation have been taken out. Now, I, you know, it's impossible. Look, there's a fog of war right now. The fog of war is, is, uh, is, is really, the first few days, it's almost impossible to tell what's going on. And, you know, even on the ground, it's hard to tell because you might be in a particular area and you don't know what's going on in other areas. It's very difficult to tell. But those seem like reasonable numbers. Of course, those are not very large numbers. I mean, uh, the, the Russia has a lot of tanks. Taking out 24 tanks is no big deal. Uh, but if you start accumulating the numbers... If, if it starts getting into the hundreds and if the Ukrainians start getting a little confident in terms of taking out these tanks, you can slow them down. And again, you have to ask, you have to ask yourself, to what extent are Russian soldiers really motivated here? To what extent are they willing to die and fight for what? For what? For Putin? What are they fighting for? The motherland? How many of them really believe any of that. How many of you think they think that is worth fighting, dying, risking their lives for? So, you know, I don't think, I think this is going to be, as I said from the beginning, I don't think this is going to be, not from the beginning, from before the war, I, I think this is going to be quite costly for Putin. 
I think this is going to be very costly for the Russian people. Uh, and, um, you know, one wonders how long will Putin survive? But it really depends on the willingness of the Ukrainian people to fight. They've got something to fight for. Their freedom, their liberty. They've got something to fight for. Todd, thank you. That $100 is very appreciated. He says, this will end for the moment very badly for everyone. Everyone loses in war. Absolutely. War is a lose, lose, lose scenario. Nobody wins in a war. Nobody wins in a war. Even that parent winner has not won. People die. Economies get destroyed. Lives get destroyed. Families get destroyed. Um, so it really depends on, again, the Ukrainians' willingness to fight and, and their ability to fight. Supposedly uh, today, the, uh, one of the, uh, the government announced that they will issue uh, semi, semi, automatic rifles to any Ukrainian who wants one um, if they're willing to fight and defend their country. Uh, they say, who knows if you believe, I mean, it's hard to believe anything coming out of the region, uh, that they've distributed over 10,000 such weapons in Kiev. Um, hopefully they've distributed a lot more over the days to come. They've also, um, unfortunately, uh, made it illegal for men from the age of 18 to 40 or 45 or something like that to leave Ukraine. So they're going to force them to fight. Uh, people who flee should be allowed to flee. Uh, the government's job is not to force you to protect your home if you don't want to protect your home. You, you, you know, you can shun them later if you want. Thank you. Whoops. Thank you, Jared. Um, so that is the situation. Somebody says the Ukrainians killed a lot of Jews in World War II. Yeah, they did. So the Russians, so the Poles, but the party responsible for the killing of the Jews were the Germans. So should we be anti-Germany? Should we condemn all things German because... Germans killed most of, you know, my family who was still in Europe. Uh, my, uh, my, um, one of my grandfathers uh, comes from a small village in Poland, not far from the Ukrainian border. So uh, in, in eastern Poland, as part of, uh, that is uh, very close to Lviv in that area uh, in Ukraine. So uh, I have, I had family in that region. They, they were all wiped out during, uh, during uh, the Second World War, um, in which many people in Eastern Europe helped the Nazis, uh, did what they do. Uh, Ukraine reformed too. They elected a Jew as a president of the country. A comedian, but a Jew. Uh, that's pretty amazing. That's pretty amazing. All right. Um, I'm glad, I was just telling my wife today, that I am so glad that I... Uh, that I've already been to Russia, that I've seen St. Petersburg, that I went to the Hermitage, that I went to Moscow, that I've been in Red Square, um, that I've been to all these places because I'm never going again or not, not as long as Putin is around. Who knows how long he'll be around. But, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad I've seen all those places. Of course, I'm also glad I've been to Kiev. I've been to Kiev uh, many times. I have on my calendar... 
Um, literally on my calendar, I don't think I quite booked hotel room, but I, I know which hotel I would stay. Uh, I, I have a, 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 I'm supposed to be in Kiev on, um, I'll tell you the date. It, it's April, yeah, April 28th. I'm supposed to be in Kiev. Um, it's clear that I won't be in Kiev uh, on April 28th now. So uh, sad and sad uh, that, you know, who knows what's going to happen to the kind of people who invited me uh, to Kiev, kind of the free market think tanks, the pro-liberty think tanks that exist in Kiev, the ones who are fighting the Ukrainian government uh, to be more uh, capitalist and to be more uh, respectful of individual rights. Those are going to be the first victims of whatever government puts, whatever Putin, government Putin puts in their place. I wonder if Eman asks, have I ever visited the Sinai Peninsula? Um, that's a funny question, Wanda Freeman. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've hiked most of the Sinai, not most of the Sinai, this, I've hiked much of the Sinai Desert, uh, you know, as uh, we, we used to, as a family, we used to go down uh, along the Red Sea coast. And as a, ch- as a kid, we used to, we used to swim on the, si- on, on, the, um, on the beaches of the Sinai Desert on the Red Sea. I have uh, scuba dived in Sharm el-Sheikh. I have snorkeled in Dahab, and I have uh, watched uh, all the nudists from Scandinavia uh, frolic in uh, Nueva uh, all along the beach, and I've climbed Mount Sinai. So, yes, I've been, uh, I've been to Sinai. Never again. I'll never be there again. So again, I'm glad I did it when I did it because I won't go again. Uh, so it's um, uh, it is uh, it is it is sad. The whole thing is sad. Uh, you know, Ukraine is not exactly a bastion of freedom, but as compared to Russia, it is. It is. As compared to Russia, it's much freer. Um, as compared to Russia, uh, it has an opposition. As compared to Russia. It is not authoritarian and is not threatening to invade anybody. As compared to Russia, it is a bastion of freedom. As compared to, I don't know, Germany, it's not. But these things are on a spectrum, unfortunately. I wish there was a country in the, United, in the world today that you could say is free. Is the United States free? Frank asked if I saw the burning bush. Absolutely. Absolutely, I saw the burning bush. Um, haven't you ever seen a bush burn? All right, what else? So, um, you know, it's a sad day for Ukraine. I think it's a sad day for the Western world. The, the, the question, of course, now is, uh, I think what will happen here is that uh, Putin wants a quick war. He would like to get to Kiev quickly. Uh, I don't think he has to occupy the entire country. What he wants is to get to Kiev quickly. He wants to get rid of the current government. He wants to install his own puppet regime in Kiev. He wants to install an authoritarian government in Kiev that is similar to the one in Belarus, similar to the one in Kazakhstan, and uh, basically make it a, a, a satellite state of Russia. These are people who will do exactly what Putin tells them to do. Um, He will... You know, he will dominate Ukraine and then he'll leave. So he will leave and he'll put the West in a quandary. 
should they impose sanctions or shouldn't they impose sanctions? Now that he's left, now that the war's over, should they recognize the new government in Ukraine or shouldn't they? And this is where Western weakness uh, will encourage them to fold and to give in. Uh, so uh, that's the plan. The only thing that could stop really that plan is um, basically for the Ukrainians to fight it out and, and for the West to supply them with all the weapons that they need, for the Ukrainians to slow the Russians down, to make this long, to bog the Russian army down into prolonged combat, to make it super, super, super expensive for Putin and, and to get the Russian people riled up so that they rebel against Putin. The only hope of, for Ukraine is that this gets stopped by Russia, by the Russian people, by people opposed to Putin. And the only way they can do that is by making this super expensive, super expensive in terms of uh, blood, in terms of lives for the Russians. And that means destroy as many tanks, get as many, uh, knock down as many airplanes out of the sky and make this as costly as possible for the Russians Make this a disaster. Make this another Afghanistan for the Russian forces. The last time Russia invaded a country was during Afghanistan. Donna, thank you. I appreciate it, and I, I'm glad you're learning a lot. So, uh, uh, you know, you won't, uh, you know, I've watched a little bit of television, but you don't see kind of a, a real analysis of this uh, on the news. Even the American generals are kind of so wimpy when they analyze this stuff, uh, it, it really is pretty pathetic. And, they, and, and they're afraid to call a spade a spade. They're afraid to call Putin what he really is. They're afraid to question um, Russian military hardware, even though the United States has gone up against that hardware uh, in, 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 like, in Iraq war twice. And, and uh, uh, the Israelis have gone up against this hardware all over the world. So uh, um, it, it is interesting um, how weak the Russian weaponry system is. Right. Um, so, yeah, let's, um, let's hope that uh, the Ukrainian people are up to the challenge. Let's hope the Ukrainian people can defend themselves. Let's hope the Ukrainian people can make this as bloody as possible for the Russians. And, 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 and fight, fight this bastards with everything that they have, with everything that they have. Yeah. And if Tucker Carlson defends Putin again tonight, I hope you'll stop watching him because that's really the only tool you have against Tucker Carlson is just stop watching him. All right, uh, happy to tell, oh, a few other things I wanted to say. Oh, yeah, I just wanted to say this because it, it's like this is the insanity of, of, of people on the left right now. Um, you know, I talked about the insanity of people of the right. I talked about Trump and Bannon and Flynn and Tucker Carlson and the insanity there. But here's the other insanity that you get from the left. John Kerry today, John Kerry, came out and said something like, oh, this is really sad because... You know, I hope this doesn't make Putin, um, distract Putin from his commitments to reduce uh, CO2 emissions 
to 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 why I hope it doesn't take his eye off the ball in terms of climate change, which is the real enemy of mankind. Right? I don't know, something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Really? People are dying? Ukraine is trying to defend itself from an aggressor? Ukraine is trying to defend itself from somebody who wants to denazify it? Whatever the hell that means? And what you're concerned about right now is climate change? That's it? That's what's important right now? This is what you say on the day of the invasion? That he might With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Take his, the eye off the ball of climate change as if Putin gives a damn about climate change. I mean, these people are so nutty and delusional and you've got it on both sides, the left and the right. They're all crazy. They're all crazy. I mean, where is some reason and rationality about any of these topics? Climate change, that's the problem. And then Biden, in, the pre- in, in, in his announcement today, oh God, he was almost half asleep. The, the sanctions are pathetic. I said this at the beginning of the show. Cut off diplomatic relations with, with Russia. Bring our ambassador home. Put all these sanctions on Putin himself. I see political leaders afraid to put sanctions on political leaders because they're afraid other countries will put sanctions on them. So like political leaders, uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, off limits. Really? But it's political leaders that are making these decisions. I mean, everybody, everybody, everybody in American politics today is a pathetic loser. I don't know what we do with this. I really don't, want, don't know what we do with this. How do we get out? How do we get some decent people? Yeah, did they cut off SWIFT? No. But, but the Europeans don't want to cut them off SWIFT because the Europeans are, Europeans are afraid of Russia. And, and, and Biden is accommodating the Europeans by not cutting them off from SWIFT. All right. All right, we've got a lot of questions. Um, I think most of them, hopefully all of them, are related to the topic. Um, and uh, so let's, let's jump in. We've got a lot of live viewers. So please, to the live viewers, I, I'd ask you, just before we go on, a couple of things. One is um, we're going to keep on talking about, U- about Ukraine and Russia. We've got a lot of questions about Ukraine and Russia here. Uh, 
Um, and, um, but I, but I, I have a few things to ask of you. One is very simple. Just like the show. If you find it at all interesting, if you get any value from it, please like it. Uh, it helps with the algorithms. It, it, it helps the show tremendously with the algorithms. But second, um, if you like what I'm saying here, you might like other content that I produce. So please, uh, if you're not a subscriber, please subscribe. Um, that would be fantastic. We'd love to have you as part of what we're doing here. It, 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 would, be, it would be amazing. And then for those of you really into this and like it and, and as, as regular listeners and so on, please support the show. You can support the show on youronbookshow.com slash support on Patreon or Subscribestar. It's that support that makes this show possible. It makes it possible for me to do what I do. Uh, uh, to, to spend as much time as I spend with you guys and, and try, to, try to convey my views, some education, some learning, some rah-rah motivation for all of you. So uh, you all have an opportunity to support all that uh, through youronbookshow.com slash support um, or, um, you know, or, or uh, Patreon or Subscribestar. And of course, the other option, since you're here live right now, uh, you can support the Iran Book Show through the Super Chat feature, like you're seeing many people do. Uh, we have a daily goal of $600 um, uh, for the Super Chat. We're up to 508 already, so we're very close to the 600 but there's no reason we can't go to 1000 today. Uh, so with this many people watching, hopefully there's more people who are interested in asking questions, making comments, just getting my attention, or just supporting the show uh, like, um, uh, you, you know, like some of you have by, um, uh, like Todd did, uh, by just making a contribution on the super chat, but, uh, you know, use this as an opportunity, ask me anything about anything, although we will take priority for the questions, uh, on the topic. I will start as always with $20 questions and, uh, then we will keep going. Applejack815 says, uh, writes, this was the first question we got today for 20 bucks. Uh, Russians, Russians' uncontested invasion feels too close, like it's just across the border. I don't mean Canada. It's a helpless sense that Russia won't stop there and no one in Europe will stand up to him. Uh, what do you think? Uh, you know, so it does feel very close, and, and it feels very close to a large extent because of not just television. We've had that for decades now, not even live television. We've had that for a long time. But now, uh, you know, you can go to Twitter and get a constant live feed. From, from people on the ground, where it's happening. Um, this is how we know about the downed uh, Russian helicopters. This is how we know uh, about the, um, uh, you know, the destroyed tanks. Uh, we know a lot of that from footage uh, taken on, on iPhones, on smartphones, and put up uh, through Twitter. So it, it, it brings it right into your right onto your hand, right into your living room, right into your place. Now, uh, also the West's pathetic response, the fact, uh, you know, that the Europeans are just sitting around. I mean, while I do not believe the United States should be intervening, I don't think this is our business. I don't think we have a stake here. Germany has a stake. Um, if I were Finland and Sweden, I think one of the responses to Putin, and this is one of the senses in which I think he could lose, is Finland and Sweden should immediately request admission to NATO. That would horrify Putin to have Finland on his northern border being a member of NATO. Finland has not 
become a member of NATO, neither has Sweden. But imagine if, as a cause of this, one of the negative consequences that, um, that, that, that Putin gets is uh, a Finland that joins NATO. I think that would be beautiful. I think that would be just. I think that would be terrific. So those are the kind of things that the West could do. I hope they do do it. I hope it's done tomorrow. It would be great if the Finnish government uh, met tomorrow and immediately put in a request, and NATO, which is meeting tomorrow, immediately granted their request and, and made them a member of NATO. It would be cool if the, Swedish, if the Swedes did the same thing. That would be immediately a loss for the, uh, for the Russians. That would immediately put Putin on the He might gain Ukraine and put NATO forces on his northern border. So a lot can be done by the West. Um, and, and it really is, to a large extent, a question of, are they willing to do it? Will they do it? So, um, you know, I understand your frustration because we're so weak. But let me say this. Um, I do think the Ukrainians are fighting. It, it's hard to tell right now, fog of war. But I do think the Ukrainians are fighting. I wouldn't give up on the Ukrainians, not in the sense that they can win this, but in the sense that they can make it so costly for Putin that he might be overthrown as a consequence or he might be so weakened as to be pathetic in the future. So don't, don't give up on the Ukrainians. And, you know, maybe, maybe this will be a wake-up call for the Europeans and they'll start investing more in their own defense Europe should be intervening here. Europe should help Ukraine defend itself. Europe should deploy forces against Russia. And let's be clear, at least in my view, um, and, 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 and I think, uh, you know, again, European forces would crush Russia, um, would crush Russia, given their technological uh, superiority, their superiority in weapons. Uh, this is something Germany should be very interested in. This is something Poland should be very... Oh, one interesting thing, already a, a small loss for Russia, is the, that... Um, what's his name? Erdogan in Turkey came out against Russia and the invasion of Ukraine. He condemned Russia. Uh, Orban in Hungary, Russia's biggest ally within the European Union, has come out and condemned the attack on Ukraine. So Russia's allies... The countries that Russia can count on in Europe to help it, uh, Hungary, and, and, you know, and then not exactly in Europe, but, but still an important uh, member of NATO, Turkey, which have been very friendly with Russia, both countries have condemned his attack on Ukraine to their credit. Uh, indeed, Turkey has been selling drones to the Ukrainians. Uh, let me give you one other kind of positive uh, uh, story here in, in terms of the weakness of the Russians. You know, Russia fought a proxy war with Turkey last year. You probably didn't notice this because nobody cares in America often and in and, and, and much of the world about these little wars that happen in remote parts of the world. But the fact is that there was a, a, a war fought last year between an ally of Turkey and an ally of Russia. And the Turks whipped the Russians' ass. I mean, they whipped them. Um, the Turks were represented by Azerbaijan, and the Russians were represented by uh, uh, Armenia. And Turkish drones turned out to be the decisive weapon in the war. 
And they whipped the Russian tanks. They whipped Russian technology. They whipped Putin's, you know, favorite, I guess, uh, uh, republic in the Caucasus. So Azerbaijan beat Armenia last year. So, uh, you know, Ukraine has drones. It has Turkish drones. Uh, it, it has weaponry uh, from Europe. It has American stinger mis- uh, javelin and stingers. Um, don't, don't, don't give up on them, is my point. Don't give up on them. Don't, this is not a done deal. This is not finished, I don't think. Um, all right, let's see. Uh, Tyler, thank you. Uh, he says, thanks for the show. Really appreciate it. Uh, with Todd, thank you. $100. He says, come on now. Hit the like button and subscribe. Value for value. Thank you, Todd. Adam Campbell, another $100. Um, well wishes for all the Kira Agonovas in Ukraine and Russia tonight and over the coming months. Kira Agonova, of course, is the heroine of We the Living. Let's go read We the Living. It's a good time to read We the Living and get a sense of what that part of the world is like when ruled by an authoritarian thugs. So thank you, Adam, and thank you for reminding us of We the Living. All right, uh, let's, uh, let's uh, Michael asks, is this like Hitler invading Poland? Was Hitler smarter and more powerful than Putin? How smart was Hitler? How smart was Hitler? He looked really smart in 1939. By 1945, he had shot himself in the bunker after destroying his own country, killing millions and millions and millions and millions of Germans of his sacred Aryan race. Hitler was a loser. Hitler was an idiot. Hitler was a megalomaniac who couldn't think himself out of a box. Hitler made strategic error after error, but of course he did it. Because as a power-lusting megalomaniac, you're irrational. And irrationality is what? Anti-reality. Anti-reality means you're going to make lots and lots and lots of mistakes. No dictator is smart, rational, calculated, efficient, effective. Even though Donald Trump caused Putin all these things. He lost. He is a loser. He got killed, and he killed his beloved people, so-called beloved people, with him. For what? For nothing but death and destruction. Is Putin smarter or or, or less than, than Hitler? I don't know. What difference does it make? They're both authoritarian thugs, and therefore will do a lot of stupid things. Um, let's see. Shai says, did you see Zelensky ban men from leaving the country and is implementing a draft? Yes, I saw that. It's horrible, but it's what everybody does, right? Every country in the world has done it, including America. Uh, war after war, it's always done, right? I, I, if I went to Israel and a war was announced, they wouldn't let, you know, there's a, if I was young, they wouldn't let me leave as an Israeli citizen. I couldn't get on a plane and leave the country during a war. They would, they, they would 
I would be Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Enlisted immediately into the reserves and put on the front. So there's nothing unique about this, even though it's horrible and statist. But it's horrible and statist within the context of this is what is done in every single country in the world. Even some of the freest countries in the world, this is what is done. So it's, it's terrible. Uh, Ukraine, still the victim's but disgusted by all governments involved today. Yeah, but you can't make moral equivalencies here. It's, it's just not the same. Every government in the world would, would, do, a, would do what Zelensky did. Um, and not all governments in the world who would do that are the equivalent of Putin. It's just not the same thing. We owe Mr. Meatball, 50 bucks, thank you. Um, was there any basis to speculation several months ago about Putin's health? Is there circumstances where this could be a rational decision from Putin's point of view? um, No, it's never rational to um, initiate force. It's never rational to attack a country that is not a threat to you. It is never rational to engage in war, to to initiate war, to start a war. Never. Um, I don't know anything about Putin's health, so speculation is meaningless. It's completely arbitrary from my perspective. I have no idea, no idea if it has, if it means anything or if it, if it stands for anything, represents anything. Philip asked, thank you for all your work, Dr. Brooke. Um, the Ukrainian military is taking donations. Everybody check Ukrainian government's Twitter, Super Chat. Don't let me post, won't let me post links. Yes, I saw that. There are websites that you can go to donate money directly to Ukraine. Uh, hopefully so they can buy military equipment to, 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 to crush these bastards. Um, Tom says, should we encourage Turkey to close the Bosphorus and, and the Dardanelles, cut Russia off from the Mediterranean? Um, yes, I mean, I'm a little worried because one of the reports I saw, and again, fog of war, hard to tell, but I think this is legit. One of the reports I saw is that, the, that almost the entire Russian fleet or a significant portion of the, of the Russian fleet is uh, right now in the eastern Mediterranean. Uh, the, it's off the coast of Syria. The Russians have a large naval base uh, in Syria. One of the reasons they fought so hard uh, to, uh, to help the Assad regime and to, and to maintain it um, in Syria is to keep that base. Uh, and the entire Russian fleet is there. And I wonder if they did that uh, in case they needed to to uh, to open uh, the straits, this is, these are the straits that uh, are from the Black Sea and into the Mediterranean Sea, and it's very narrow. And Turkey controls both sides of those, and Turkey could theoretically close those. But of course, what would happen if the Russian fleet was there bombarding uh, bombarding Turkey? It's not, so I. I I am skeptical about Turkey's willingness to do that. It would be an act of war against Russia. It would be perceived by Russia as an act of war. I doubt that Turkey is willing to take that stand, particularly with the entire Russian fleet, including uh, including ships they had in the Mediterranean, 
including ships they had in the Indian Ocean, uh, all now in the Eastern Mediterranean, which means that they are ready if NATO does something, if Turkey does something, um, uh, to act. Some people have speculated they're going to go after Israel. No, they're not going to go after Israel. But they are in a position to defend the Bosphorus Straits. They are in a position to inflict real pain on Turkey in the case that they close the Bosphorus Straits. Anyway, that's, you know, I am not technically a military expert, but that's the best of my understanding of kind of what is going on and what are the, what are the stakes with regard to Turkey acting that way. Um, so that would be a declaration of war by NATO. And I think, um, I think NATO without the U.S. should declare war on Russia. But with the U.S. it should not, because I don't think the U.S. should be in war with Russia. But I think NATO, free of the U.S., should engage with Russia and kick them out of Ukraine. But that's because I think Europeans have a massive interest in this war, which Americans don't. Uh, does Poland really want uh, a, 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 a large border with Russia? Does Romania? Does Romania is also a NATO member? Um, does the Czech Republic? No, Czech Republic doesn't have one, but Slovenia would have one. Uh, Slovakia, sorry, Slovakia would have one, and, uh, and so would Austria. All countries that would have a um, uh, you know a, a, a direct border with Ukraine as a Russian satellite with Russian forces in Ukraine. Uh, Travis asks, any book recommendations for learning about this situation, global relations in general? Not this situation. I have no idea what books to recommend for this situation. Really, nothing. Um, global relations in general. I, I definitely would recommend Ilan Jono's books, um, uh, Winning the Unwinnable War and his book on Israel. Um, I don't know. I mean, you'd have to, you have to read a lot of history. You'd have to read about the whole history of Eastern Europe. You'd have to read a lot of different perspectives on this. I, I uh, also follow foreign affairs, although foreign affairs tends to be wimpish and leftist. Um, but I, I try to read widely about the topic uh, on, on, for a variety of different sources. It's, it's very difficult to find one good source. But no, unfortunately, I don't have clear-cut recommendations, particularly not for a situation that is so new um, and fresh, kind of. Um, Alejandro asked, did the U.S. fund a Nazi coup in 2014 in Ukraine? No, 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 no. Um, I'm sure they helped the coup, but the coup was not a Nazi coup. The coup was a pro-liberty coup. The coup was a pro-freedom coup. The coup was not a Nazi coup. Um, I, I'm, I've met people who participated in that coup. I've met people in Ukrainian parliament. I actually gave a talk at the Ukrainian parliament once uh, to people who, uh, who were part of that. Uh, give me a break. These are not Nazis. Uh, the, 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 they're not exactly uh, free market people. They're not exactly uh, objectivists, uh, but they're not fascists and they're not communists. They're not, and they're not lackeys of Russia. And that's what Russia doesn't like about it, that they're not lackeys of Russia. Paul says, what effect will this have on Putin's support of the Syrians? Well, it depends on the outcome, right? I think he will continue to support the Syrians. Uh, Syria you know, everybody says, oh, uh, Donald Trump, this would have never happened under Donald Trump. Donald Trump was a master. He handled Putin so well. Well, right under Donald Trump's nose, Putin basically became, uh, you know, one of the most powerful players in the Middle East. He basically 
uh, it became the most powerful player in Syria. Uh, he became uh, the dominant force in Syria. Uh, you know, he, he secured his naval base on the Mediterranean. He secured an, an air force location for his uh, air force in Syria. He got his lackey uh, Assad uh, um, to, uh, to to remain as president single handedly. Putin managed to take over Syria and and to protect his lackey in Syria uh, when he was about to fall. In spite of the fact that the Americans wanted him to fall, in spite of the Americans being on the other side of this, under Trump, Trump allowed Putin to have his way in Syria. So no, Trump is part of the tradition of American weakness vis-a-vis Putin, vis-a-vis authoritarians all over the world, right? You, th- you don't think that the world was watching when Trump groveled before the brutal dictator of North Korea? You don't think they watched as he called him his best friend? They don't think he watched as he, you know, uh, held that little communist, you know, North Korean flag when he was in Singapore? You don't think they watched him demean himself before that little man from that little monster from North Korea? You don't think they learned the lessons from that? How weak America is? I mean, we have had a series of American presidents from George Bush Sr. through Bill Clinton, through George Bush, through, uh, uh, you know, Obama, Trump, and now Biden, who have no foreign policy strategy, who have no idea of how to do foreign policy, have no conception of American interests or American strengths, have no idea what American first would look like, who are absolutely unequivocally pathetic. And we've seen, we've seen that whole thing, whole thing. Trump did nothing with regard to the Iranians, absolutely did nothing. He killed one general, and everybody thought he was, whoa, didn't take out their nuclear capabilities, didn't take out anybody. They, they killed Americans, and he took out one general. Yay, what a hero Trump is. He took out an Iranian general. Wow, that's found policy for him. That's tough. That's being a cowboy. God, you guys have no clue what found policy looks like. You have no clue. What American interest, what an America first foreign policy would actually be. Trump was weak with regard to Iran. He was pathetic with regard to North Korea. He was uh, Putin's lackey when it came to negotiations with Putin. He was Erdogan. He basically folded and gave Erdogan whole segments of Syria. So basically, basically Trump handed over Syria to Putin and Erdogan. Now, again, I don't think Americans should be in Syria. But if we're there, are we there to find their books? Yeah, read John Bolton's book. Somebody should read John Bolton's book. John Bolton, who Trump appointed because he was really good on some issues on foreign policy. And then John Bolton wrote a book. Now he's the devil. But read his book and you'll learn about Trump's foreign policy groveling, Trump's foreign policy pathetic weakness. He didn't sound tough to the authoritarians. He didn't sound tough to Xi in China, who took over Hong Kong under Trump's nose. He didn't sound tough to Putin, who basically did what he wanted. 
He didn't sound tough to the Saudi Arabians who killed a Washington uh, uh, a journalist under his nose, and he didn't care. Brutally uh, slaughtered a journalist in, a, in, in their embassy in Turkey. He didn't sound tough to anybody. He sounded tough to you, to us, to Americans, but not a single authoritarian in the world thought he sounded tough. So I don't, I don't think how this affects Syria, unless Putin is weakened. If Putin is weakened, then he'll be weakened in Syria as well. I'm not sure who will fill the void if he is weakened in Syria. The other thing that Trump allowed is for the Iranians to get established in Syria. So the Iranians basically now control. This is Bush, Obama, and Trump basically gave the Iranians the whole fertile crescent from Lebanon, from Beirut to Damascus, to Baghdad, to Tehran, the Iranians dominate the Fertile Crescent, which is truly, truly stunning. Uh, let's see. You know, people don't like Bolton, but Trump nominated him. You all loved Bolton when he worked for Trump. This is why Trump makes people mindless. That's what I find so interesting. Uh, Ryan says... Yes, Ryan says, Hazlitt and Brooke both say that war is destructive of capital and has no upside. Please tell us your view on the complicity of the Russian people to tolerate a dictator for so long and not overthrow their government. Well, huge complicity. The Russian people are responsible for this. I mean, uh, the Russian people, uh, Putin is, is beloved by a big segment of the Russian people. I don't know if it's a majority. I don't know how many people. They haven't overthrown him. Uh, they haven't allowed a, a, a real opposition to arise. They haven't defended that opposition. Uh, you know, they, they, they demonstrated when he put in prison, I forget the, the, the opposition leader's name, but uh, it, it was relatively weak. They could have done a lot more. They're cowardly. Look, they, it, 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 took them, it took them what? Uh, you know, what is it? 70 years, 70-something years to overthrow the Soviets? Russia is not exactly a bastion of freedom and liberty, um, unfortunately, among its people. Oops, what did I do? I do typing. All right. Uh, let's see. Derek says, should the truckers, uh, should the Canadian truckers be sent to honk in downtown Moscow? Well, I mean, they might not be led back into Canada. That's the only problem, right? I hope there's some Russian truckers who are willing to go honk in downtown Moscow. Um, of course, uh, they won't just have their assets frozen. They will have their balls frozen. They would be sent to the gulags in, uh, in Siberia and be allowed to freeze completely the assets and everything. Every asset that they own will be frozen. Uh, Chad uh, asked, don't planes dominate in ground assaults? How would Ukraine have any chance to prevent Putin from taking Kiev? I don't know that they can prevent Putin from taking Kiev. They can make taking Kiev really, really bloody. Uh, they can put uh, Javelin anti-tank uh, missiles in various streets uh, around Kiev. They can slow down his columns. They can kill a lot of Russian troops on his way to taking Kiev. They probably can't prevent it completely, but they could make it very bloody. They can make it very painful. Now, again... It might be that the Ukrainians fold and, and that the Russians just overwhelm them. Uh, it's, I, I'm, I suspect that Russia thought they would do better than they have done uh, 
on the first day. Uh, I think they're bogged down in the northeast. They're bogged down north of Kiev. Supposedly, they, they've got free reign in the south. They're doing very well in the south, but in the, north, in the northeast, they seem to be bogged down. I don't know, right? I, I'm not on the ground. I don't have any special intelligence from there. I, I don't know Ukrainians well enough to know how well they are fighting and how well they will fight. But um, let's hope. My hope is that they have the courage and they have the conviction and they have the weaponry to fight it out. Uh, let's see. Grant says, no question. Listen to the UN Security Council meeting earlier today. Very reminiscent of Britain to Germany. Don't invade Austria. Don't invade Czechoslovakia. Diplomacy doesn't go far with dictators. No, it doesn't. You'd think we would have learned. Think we would have learned. And um, we haven't, and Europeans haven't. And, and again, this is a European war, not our war, but this is a European, this is a war Germany should be concerned about. This is a war Poland, Romania, Czech Republic should be concerned about. This is a war Lithuania, Latvia, and Estonia should be concerned about. This is a war NATO, minus the United States, should be very concerned about. They've got a monster on their border now. Vlad asks, as far as I heard, Russians do have some new cruise missiles and tanks. They have new cruise missiles. The tanks, T-80s, are not very impressive. Not very impressive. Uh, they, if you look at a, at a Russian tank versus the Abrams tank or the Israeli Merkava or the German tank, which I forget its name, they can't compete. The Western tanks are just far superior. They, they are far superior defending their own crews and they're far superior uh, at, at ta target aiming and shooting, right? Is the reason you're discarding them that Russia, Russians don't have many of them? No, they have a lot of tanks. What do you think of their chances to increase production of those? Small. Russia is a poor country relative to Europe. And Russia is a technologically backward country. Uh, Russian weaponry is relatively, relative to American weaponry, primitive. Uh, my guess is Chinese weapons are far superior to Russian weapons. Um, you know, when, when the MiG-29 was, was, was um, you know, when the MiG-29, I was just talking to a friend there today about this, in 19, I can't remember when it was, 19, early 70s, uh, a MiG-29 was clocked uh, flying over Egypt at Mach 2.5 or something like that. And the West went nuts. They were like, oh my God, the Russians have achieved superiority in the air over, over the West. They have a superior weapon, the MiG-29. No, no uh, American fighter can fly that fast. And then uh, a Russian fighter pilot, I don't know if you remember this, some of you weren't born yet, defected to South Korea, no, to Japan. Anyway, South Korea, Japan, I can't remember. And defected and, and brought a MiG-29 with him. And the Americans got to actually take it apart and, and see what it was made of. And it turned out that this is a pathetic plane. It could go straight very, very fast. It could not maneuver. It could not maneuver. You know, the difference between me and you, Richard, is that I've fought against Russian weaponry. You haven't. I've studied Russian weaponry. You haven't. 
because I had to fight it. I know T-72s inside out. I know T-55s, T-65s. I've studied this stuff. You haven't. So, you know, you know uh, uh, embellish and, and, and uh, enjoy your ignorance. It's the, 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 the MiG-29 could go straight very, very, very fast. But in 1982, when the Syrians flew MiG-29s against Phantoms, Phantoms were much older airplanes, F-4s. The Israelis basically took out the MiG-29s and took out the entire Syrian Air Force filled with state-of-the-art, top-of-the-line Russian aircraft. Have you ever seen the, you know, Richard says it's a numbers game. Have you ever seen the numbers of the Six-Day War or the Yom Kippur War? Have you ever seen the numbers of the 1948 war against Israel? I mean, the numbers would blow you away. Blow you away. The Arab forces had multiples, many, many multiples, well over 10x. The number of planes, the number of people, the number of tanks, the number of everything. But the soldiers were not willing to fight because they didn't know why they were fighting. The soldiers were not motivated. And the weapon systems were not as good. And in every one of those battles, even in 48, when Israel had inferior weaponry, Israel won because it was motivated. It was defending something they valued. It was defending their land, their freedom, their property, their families. This is not, at the end of the day, a numbers game. And if the Ukrainians have learned from the Israelis, if the Ukrainians are willing to fight like the Israelis have, then they will take out the Russians. Will they? Can they? I don't know. I'm not predicting that the Russians lose here. I'm predicting that if Ukraine fights, if the Ukrainians are willing to fight, if the Ukrainians take the fight seriously, then they can inflict a lot of pain on the Russians, a lot of pain on the Russians. And again, numbers are not everything. Just look at the wars Israel has fought. Just look at the numbers. Sorry, guys, reality, facts, that's what matters. And it could be two days from now, they've taken Kiev and it's all over. I acknowledge that I could be completely wrong here, but that'll be the result of the fact that the Ukrainians folded, that the Ukrainians do not have the spirit in them to fight this. That's possible. <laughs> yep, I'm the one who's insane tonight, Richard. That's absolutely right. <laughs> God. Um... So I don't think they have a chance of production. I mean, again, Russia is, uh, is not particularly strong here. The war's not going to last very long one way or the other. I don't see uh, the Russians needing to produce a lot more weapons. They either win this or lose this. If, this. if this takes a couple of weeks, then they've lost. <laughs> All right. Tyler says, thanks for the show you're on. Really appreciate it. Appreciate the support. Thank you, Tyler. Shazbot says, reading We the Living for the first time. Oh, wow. Wow, enjoy. Um, Leo and Kira were prevented from leaving Russia, and then they were prevented from getting work when they were forced back home. Not party members. That struck me as particularly nasty. Yeah, I mean, communism is nasty. Is nasty. 
Richard's always here. He's here almost every night uh, because I am so insane. I'm so wrong. Um, Alex says, congrats, you're on. This is my first Super Chat ever. Alex, it's great to have you on the Super Chat. It's great to have you uh, supporting the show. All right, guys, we are at, I don't know, 800 and something bucks. Uh, I think Catherine wants to go to 1,000. What the hell? We're only like less than 200 away from 1,000. 180 bucks would get us to 1,000. That would be kind of cool if we got to 1,000. You would support my message. You would support uh, what I'm trying to say here, what I'm trying to do here, what I'm trying to, um, uh, you know, promote here. And uh, and, uh, that that would be fantastic and greatly appreciated. All right. We've got a bunch of non- um, $20 $20 questions. Olesando. I don't know how to pronounce that name. Sorry. And I uh, welcome to YBS fan. Welcome. Welcome to you. Thanks for joining us. Um, I don't even know what that is exactly. Anyway, that's that's cool. All right. Um, where are you from? Olesando. Is that a Scandinavian name? Where is it from? Jacob says... Um, Will Russia push forward quicker with the seizure of Taiwan as a result of this? Is it different due to our defense agreement? We don't have a defense agreement with Taiwan. Uh, We negated the defense agreement with Taiwan in 1979, I think, under the um, um, Jimmy Carter administration. We negated that defense treaty because we wanted to establish a relationship with uh, Beijing, and that was one of the conditions. So we don't have a defense treaty with Taiwan. But Taiwan is much better, I think, again, to the extent of my knowledge, Taiwan is much better defended than Ukraine is. It has better weapon system. Uh, Gene, thank you. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks for being a YBS fan. I appreciate it. I don't know what these new green things are. What is this? It doesn't look like a super chat because this doesn't look like there's any dollars, dollars attached. But it, it, does, it does make you a fan somehow. Are you joining as members? You know, you can become a member of the Iran Book Show. There's a button below where you can become a member. All kinds of perks. We're going to be putting up videos there just for members. Maybe this green thing is a sign that you become a member. So go become members, guys. It's like $5.99 or something. It, 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 you know, so join as a member. Thank you. So please join as a member. The 350 people here right now. 350 people should be joining the channel right now. That would be terrific if you join as members in addition to subscribing. And it's a great way, again, to support the show because it's, it's another source of revenue. Um, so, first of all, uh, you know, so a few things. One, um, I think Taiwan is much better defended. Taiwan is also a freer country than Ukraine. And I think the people there are more motivated to fight the Chinese. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be a tougher battle. And I think China still ha- lives under the illusion that they will one day be able to convince um, the, the Chinese will be able to convince the uh, Taiwanese to join China and not have to Im- invade it at all. Um, so I think, I think that, uh, that uh, Taiwan is more difficult, and I think as a consequence of it being more difficult, I think it's not likely that China is going to do anything yet. I don't think China's ready. I don't think this is the right timing for China. China is struggling economically. Uh, China is worried 
about sanctions from the United States. It's worried about sanctions globally. It is not in a strong position. Uh, I don't think the leadership in China is quite as irresponsible, as irrational, as thuggish as, uh, as Putin is. I think it's more thoughtful, I won't say rational, but thoughtful about trade-offs and what it has to lose if it invades Taiwan. Uh, right now, it has a great, if you will, trade relations uh, with Taiwan. And, um, you know, there's too much to lose. There's a lot of wealth, a lot of people. And, and, and this would cause the Chinese economy to tailspin into a massive recession, if not a, a depression, the kind of sanctions that would be put on them. China is still ambitious economically. Russia is not ambitious economically. Russia is ambitious ethnically, spiritually. It's ambitious territorially. Russia is ambitious in all kinds of ways in terms of empire building. It's not particularly ambitious when it comes to economics. And and partially you can see that. China uh, has done economically much better than Russia has. All right. Thank you, everybody, for becoming uh, members of the Iran Book Channel. I appreciate that. Um, So I don't think we're going to see China invade Taiwan again. I could be wrong. (laughs) I could be proven tomorrow wrong. Tomorrow the Chinese could invade because they sense the West is busy. Um, But I don't think they will. China would also have problems with Japan. Um, It would have problems with South Korea if they invaded uh, Taiwan. Again, not that they care about Japan and and South Korea, but again, there are a lot of business relationships. This is why business and business integration reduces war. It reduces the impact of war because war becomes much more costly. So Lyron Brown... I think I answered that. Will 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 be will she be involved to take Taiwan? I mean, he's watching the West's response. There's no question about that. He is watching the West's response. Um, Michael asks, if you were president, who would be your foreign policy advisors? Oh God, if I were president, uh, could I just have one? Leonard Peikoff, I would just make Leonard Peikoff my foreign policy advisor. It would just be me and Leonard Peikoff would run foreign policy. That would be, that would be a blast, right? That's it. I don't think I need more than that. Um, I mean, Ilan Jono, I like, I like the way Ilan thinks about these issues. Um, from the non-objectivist world, it's, it's tough. I, I, I don't like Bolton's things about Bolton. He's too eager for war. He's too pro-NATO. He's too anti-Snowden. Um, Leonard would not bring Trump in. Not for a second. Not for a second. Um, if I were president and he was my, if he was my foreign policy advisor. Not for a second. You guys don't understand and don't know Leonard. <laughs> um, who else... I mean, Bolton has some, some good things, but I don't think he brings anything different. Uh, Peter Schwartz. Peter Schwartz. Um, I would want some area expertise. Um, you know, Putin's former chief economic advisor is at the Cato Institute. He would be an interesting guy to bring in. 
Um, you know, I don't know. I, I'd have to, I haven't thought about it because it's not relevant because, but very few people outside of objectivism would I trust. And there are not that many people who are experts in foreign policy and objectivism. You, you've got Elon uh, and you've got Peter Schwartz and you have, um, and, and of course you've got Lena Peikoff, but they, but all of them, uh, you know, maybe, maybe with the exception of Elon, none of them are sector specialists. And I like sector specialists. I, I would want to look for um, foreign policy people who really have a deep understanding of foreign policy, um, particularly particular regions and their objectivists. Right? All right, let's see. The Legend Twenty Seven. Uh, do you think that people today are more willing to accept right-wing authoritarianism, especially the younger generation of men? Yes, much more, much, much more. I, I don't think it's even a, it's even a thing. I think, they'll, I think that left-wing authoritarianism will, will face a much more stringent um, pushback than right-wing authoritarianism. And I think it's going to get worse over time. I think it's going to get worse over time. And, and, and you're going to see it. You're going to see it play out in the next few couple of decades. You're going to see it play out. Daniel says, how do you imagine Trump would have handled this? I hear a lot of the right claim Prophet Trump would have never allowed this to happen. I don't know. I have no idea how he would have handled it. I have no idea. My guess is not much differently than Biden. It partially depends on who Trump would have had as his foreign policy advisors around him. Um, but somebody like Bannon would have cheered Putin on. It would have encouraged Trump to support Putin taking Ukraine um, or deposing that president. But it's hard to tell. It's, it's hard to tell what kind of deal would have been struck. And, 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 but it, a lot of it, I mean, clearly... Biden is incompetent and his foreign policy advisors are completely incompetent. But I don't think the kind of people that Trump would have appointed, particularly in a second term, as foreign policy advisors uh, were good. I mean, Pompeo was not good. He was terrible. Um, and was terrible in North Korea, was terrible in Iran, um, and, and he landed up being terrible in Russia. And up until yesterday, Pompeo was raving about Putin. Was, was all out supportive of Putin. Today, finally, finally today, Pompeo started criticizing Putin and, and calling this uh, a, 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 an unjust war and Putin authoritarian and all the things that he should have been calling him all along. Does Bannon support the Ukrainian invasion? I didn't listen to Bannon today, but he was, he was defending Putin up until today. He's a huge fan of Putin's. Huge fan of Putin's. I mean, Putin has sometimes been successful, sometimes he's failed. I mean, he failed with Armenia. He succeeded in taking a piece of Georgia. And he succeeded in, in his ploy in Syria. And that was opposed to Trump. So uh, the only reason Trump ever um, sanctioned Russia, because his, his foreign policy advisors recommended it, and that was primarily Bolton, and, and people like um, McMaster and, and Mathis. But those exactly are the kind of people that Trump kicked out and Trump wouldn't want in a second term. In a second term, Trump will make sure that all of his advisors are yes men and all his advisors are bought into the Bannon view of 
the world, which is, yeah, let Russia have Ukraine because they're ethnically the same color skin. But, I, you know, it's hard to tell what the alternatives are, right? I mean, there's no question. One of the things that have motivated Putin is uh, Biden's uh, pathetic evacuation of Afghanistan. But how would have Trump evacuated Afghanistan? Would it have gone better? It's very difficult to tell. So, don't know. Richard asks, Shapiro seems to think that what's happening now is the result of the West becoming more and more indolent following the end of the Cold War. Your thoughts on this? What's happening now is the West becoming weaker and weaker and, and, and valuing itself and its own civilization and its own value less and less. The, the, the West having no self-esteem. So there's a sense in which that's indolent, but it's primarily an issue of self-esteem, self-confidence, valuing its own civilization. And so it, it is a sign of the West weakness. What's happening now is a reflection of the West weakness. Is why, it's why Putin has been so is, is successfully uh, not being overthrown in, in Russia. It's why he gets away with killing. I mean, think about Putin's track record. He's been killing Soviet dissidents all over the world, including in Western countries, with no consequences for decades now. He's been killing opposition's leaders. Nobody cares. He's been invading countries like Georgia and Crimea. Nobody does anything. Nobody cares. He's been involved in wars in the Middle East. Nobody cares. He gets away with anything. And, and the West just shrugs. The West just doesn't care. So why not? But the West has no confidence. The West doesn't believe in itself. You saw that after 9-11. The West cowers. The West is pathetic. You saw with the, the, the greatest expression of that was the, the, the Muhammad cartoons, where the whole West refused to publish the cartoons and cowered before Islam. So now we're cowering before Putin. So there's a sense in which Shapiro is right, but he attributes it to secularism. I attribute it to bad philosophy, secular or non-secular. All right, we're like 100 and what? We're like 120, 30 away from the $1,000. So it would, it would be nice to get to $1,000. We're 140 away. Seven $20 questions or $140 contribution or two fifties and change and whatever. You, you guys figure it out. $140, $140. Um. The West is philosophically weak, ideologically weak. It lacks a backbone. It lacks self-esteem. It lacks confidence. It lacks righteous indignation, righteous confidence in its own, in itself. All right. Uh, Ryan uh, asks, how much and in what way U.S. involvement do you support in Ukraine? Any troops, 100 million for anyone who pays, who kills Putin, etc. Uh, no, no troops, no troops. No American pilots going in and out, nothing. I, I support uh, uh, selling them weapons, giving them a loan. You give loans to everybody. Why not? Selling them weapons, providing them with all the technology they need uh, in order to uh, defeat the Russians, uh, providing them with intelligence, providing them with intelligence and weapons without endangering the lives of Americans. That's what I would do. Uh, 100 million to kill Putin. No, 
No, I mean, uh, if we want to kill Putin, let the CIA just do it. Bounties, I don't believe in bounties. You want to kill somebody, just do it. Um, Oops, what did I delete there? Uh, All right. Alex, um, nuclear power plants possible to prevent Ukraine from ever dream about recreating a nuclear arsenal. A research reactor was also taken. Yeah, but, but, but Chernobyl is dead. It's a dead reactor. So I don't know what, that, what kind of impact that would have. I didn't realize that a research nuclear facility was taken. That's interesting. Um, do you think this crisis will force Europe and the West to reconsider their fracking bans? Unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, no. I think, I think Greta has the West by the balls. She has the West by the heart, whatever. I, 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 think, I think, you know, this is John Kerry worrying about climate change when people are dying in the streets in, 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 in Ukraine. Um, this is the moral cause of the young generation is climate change and they're not willing to give that up. So no, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to cause them to rethink it. I mean, the fact is that even Ukraine probably could frack and has natural gas there. Um, Certainly the UK has a lot of natural gas, but I think Germany has too. I mean, it it, it generally turns out that there's just a lot of natural gas out there. Um, Derek says, Tucker rightly hates Justin Trudeau, but then defends Putin. Yeah, it's, this is the American right today. They like strongmen of a particular kind. See, what he doesn't like about Justin Trudeau, this is the reality. What he doesn't like about Justin Trudeau is Justin Trudeau is effeminate. Justin Trudeau has this weak mannerism. He comes out as a little effeminate. So even though he's acting authoritarian, it's acting authoritarian from a kind of an effeminate perspective. What he likes about Putin, what Bannon likes about Putin, what all these guys, is Putin is, has muscles. Putin Putin likes to go boating without a shirt on. Putin is a man's man. Putin is non-woke. What they like about Putin and the rest of them is that they are, um, they hate the left. It's the only thing that matters. Do you hate the left? If you hate the left, I love you. I mean, the, the right right now would be falling all over themselves. Many people in the right would be falling over themselves uh, over Hitler because he hated the left. He wasn't woke. Vanu, Alina, Alania, uh, two-part question. One, how does this invasion differ from the 08 invasion of, of Georgia? Two, is this invasion, if this invasion is swift, what does it mean for the caucus countries uh, coming from Georgia, Armenia? Well, it, it, it's the only way in which it differs from the 08 invasion of Georgia is that the old invasion in Georgia stopped short of taking over Tbilisi, uh, of completely overthrowing and, and taking over the entire country of Georgia and instilling a puppet regime in Georgia. Uh, the Georgians managed to resist the Russians enough to prevent that. Sanctions were put in Russia, and Putin, for whatever reason, I don't, don't know enough about the conflict, stopped. He took one province and he stopped. Here, Putin is much more ambitious. Ukraine is bigger. Ukraine is closer to the West. This puts him very close to one little mistake. And he is in front of NATO. He is in a conflict with NATO. Um, So this is much riskier for Putin. 
but also much more ambitious for Putin. Uh, if he succeeds, if this is swift and he gets away with it and he feels like he got away with it and it seems like he won in some sense, then I think the real um, lesson for the Caucasus is why not take over the rest of Georgia? Why not then go to Azerbaijan and, uh, and, and get the oil? The oil that used to be part of the Russian Empire. Remember, Russia took Azerbaijan, fought a war to take over Azerbaijan in order to get the oil. The first oil in the world that was the uh, first real oil field in the world uh, was discovered in Azerbaijan, and, and the Russians swiftly took it over and, and, and made it part of the Russian Empire. So um, I think it bodes ill for any country that borders it. And, and if it's someday Putin decides that he thinks that NATO is weak, then his obvious targets are Estonia, Lat- Latvia, and Lithuania. Those would be easy. It would take him a day. Those are small countries. They have no land borders with a NATO country other than each other. Uh, they could only be defended by NATO supplying them by the sea. That would be too slow. Putin could overrun them in a day. They're tiny, tiny, tiny places. Now, that would be a declaration of war NATO, and he would have to deal with NATO's air force, which, again, would crush him, crush him. Now, you're not, you're not going to see this happen because I think Putin is going to be careful not to upset NATO. But if NATO, went, I'll say this again, if NATO went a war with Russia, NATO would crush the Russians in days. It wouldn't even be close. And I don't think, I don't think Putin knows that because he's a, he's a detached from reality megalomaniac. So he could make a mistake and he could lead Russia into massive defeat. Michael asks, unrelated question from out of left field, but it's 20 bucks. Do you buy cars for safety or comfort? I don't. I buy cars for comfort and speed. I buy cars for me. I buy cars because they're fun to drive. My last car that I bought for me was an Audi S5 with red leather seats. Uh, and today I would buy the Audi RS5, or I would love to have a BMW M5. I don't because I live in Puerto Rico and there's no way to drive a car like that. Uh, so in Puerto Rico, I buy the car my wife wants. I don't buy the car I want. I, in Puerto Rico, the principle is comfort. Comfort and the ability to sustain potholes. And um, what do you call it? Uh, um, dependability. So in Puerto Rico, I own a Lexus, small Lexus SUV. Because a small Lexus SUV is safe, it's comfortable, it can handle potholes, and it never breaks down. Just ne- you can ride 300,000 miles and the thing will never break down. Um, in Puerto Rico, you never will drive 300,000 miles. In a lifetime, I wouldn't drive 300,000 miles in Puerto Rico. So it's, it's a perfect car for Puerto Rico. Grant, thank you for the $50 contribution. I really appreciate it. Uh, I'm glad to see a lot of people appreciate today's show, uh, in spite of some people obviously not. Um, 
Grand's rights. Thanks for the show. The topic is unfortunate, though. Yes, it is. Too many of my topics are unfortunate. <laughs> um, that is a fact. It's too much bad in the world. Maybe we'll, I'll try to do a positive show over the weekend if I can muster the energy to do that. Um, <laughs> I just have to comment on this. Uh, he says, Russia has 6,200 nuclear weapons to U.S. 400 Britain's 220. Uh, France, you should also count France in there. I, I don't know if those numbers are true. I, have no, I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't researched it. But how many of the 6,200 would actually take off? How many of the 6,200 would reach their target? How many of the 6,200 would actually... Uh, blow up. Now, I don't want to test that because 6,200 nuclear weapons, uh, 4,000 nuclear weapons, which the U.S. has. So the U.S. has 4,000. Um, I don't want to test that. How many of the, how many of those actual warheads versus weapons? How many of those are submarines so that they can't be taken out in a preemptive strike? How many of those are on the oceans? How many of those are mobile? So sheer numbers don't matter. They're just one factor in a much more complicated equation. Um, okay, Corey says, I think this femininity, which the right criticizes the left for, and masculinity, which the left criticizes the right for, toxic masculinity, etc., is all just emotionalism versus emotionalism in both cases, reason is out. I agree completely. I agree completely. Uh, uh, masculinity and femininity are real, they're not, they are virtues in the right context. Uh, yes, they can both be toxic. But what really matters is reason. What really matters is rationality. What really matters are the choices people make. What really matters is their thinking that they put into those choices. That's what matters. Michael asks, Russia has been building hypersonic missiles while we've been building gender-neutral toilets. Yeah, you underestimate the U.S. and you overestimate the Russians, Michael. Um, hypersonic missiles. I, I wonder. It reminds me of the MiG-29. Really, really, really fast. Can it hit a target? Will it blow up before it even uh, takes off? Really? Do we have the weapon systems to take them out? Do we know? Do you know? I doubt we've been sitting on our hands, and I doubt the Russians' hypersonic missiles are very effective. I, I, I have, historically, I have, you know, 50 years of experience. Not 50 years. Um, I don't know. Since the early 1970s. Yeah, it's 50 years. Wow. That's kind of crazy. 50 years of experience with Russian weapon systems. I wouldn't bet on them, ever. The Syrians bet on them, the, the Egyptians bet on them, the Jordanians bet on them, um, the Iraqis bet on them, the, you know, the, the, the many, many countries have bet on, uh, the, the Armenians bet on them. And um, the bets did not pay off. The bets did not pay off. Ukraine doesn't have an Air Force. Ukrainian Air Force is finished. It's done. They have a few. Uh, the Ukrainian Air Force, first of all, is Russian airplanes. It's not American. 
uh, and the Ukrainian Air Force has finished because the, the airports have been wiped out. So as far as I can tell, the few Ukrainian jets that are still flying are landing in Romania. And, and Romania, I don't think, will allow them to engage in, in combat missions over Ukraine. So Ukraine has no Air Force. But what Ukraine has are Stinger missiles. And uh, I wouldn't want to be a pilot going up against Stinger missiles. I'll just put it that way. They are powerful, powerful, mobile anti-aircraft missiles that will take down a MiG, certainly take down a helicopter, and certainly take down big transport airplanes. So I hope the Ukrainians have enough of the, uh, of the, of, of the Stinger aircraft, anti-aircraft missiles. We'll see. Chad says, thanks for the show today. Thank you, Chad. Thanks for the support. Thank you for all of you who became members of the Iran Book Show. Please keep becoming members. There's going to be content that we only put up uh, that is only available for members. That'll start next month. Um, and uh, Action Jackson is responsible for that. Uh, I do, am going to have a front, uh, a new front row event. That's a private event with 20 people, just 20 people. Uh, it'll be a seminar on... Um, self-esteem and it'll be in uh in april and you can find out more information there's a link at the top where you can find out more information about it so uh sign up for that we still have i think over half we've only got about seven people signed up so there's still i think 13 people that can sign up uh just 20 people on a zoom with me talking about uh self-esteem so uh, it should be fun. People, I think, who participated in the past seminars that I've done on capitalism and socialism have really enjoyed them. So I hope you sign up for these. It's $100 a person. Uh, it'll be on a Saturday. All the information is available on the link on the, super ch- on the chat that is pinned at the top. Uh, Grant says, top off Chad Mill uh, for $1,000 with 3 bucks." Thank you, Grant. Thank you, Chad. We made exactly $1,000.72 to spare. Thank you, everybody, for being here today. Thank you for the support. Keep it up. Here's to the Ukrainians. Go Ukraine. I hope, I hope you give hell to the Russians. Make them pay. Make them pay. Uh, Clay, 50 bucks. LPL class of 2022. Thank you, Clay. Great, uh, great... Um, Yeah, I'm not going to see you again in 2022, unfortunately. I've done my two classes for LPR, but hopefully you'll visit in the future and uh, say hello uh, in the class of 2023 or 2024. Thanks, Clay. Uh, Thanks for joining us here. Thanks to all of you for listening. Don't forget to like the show. It's that little like button. Don't forget to subscribe to the show if you're not a subscriber. Um, And don't forget to support the show on youronbookshow.com slash support. Andrew says... For $20. If the core of the problem is the destruction of the West self-esteem, isn't the rationale to despise the left from methodologically destroying it? No, because I don't think it's only the left that's destroyed it. I think it's the left and the pathetic right. And I do despise the left. We should despise the left. We should absolutely, thoroughly, deeply despise the left. That doesn't mean we should support the right. We should despise them both. The left for undermining the West self-esteem, the right for not being able, not even have an inkling on how to defend the West self-esteem. And now, because they failed so badly, 
They have themselves reverted to destroying the West. They have themselves reverted to authoritarianism. So left and right at this point must be despised. 30 years ago, yeah, it was more about the left. Things have changed. Free trade, go Ukraine. And he says, go Ukraine in Ukrainian. I can't pronounce it. Thank you, free trade. Thank you to all of you. And I will update you all on Saturday. Maybe it'll turn out that Richard was right. And I'll have to admit again that I was wrong. You know, the one thing you get on the Iran book show that you don't get on a lot of other shows is when I'm wrong, I admit to being wrong. See you on Saturday. Bye, everybody. And never forget the heroes of Snake Island, assuming that that story is true. Remember the fog of war. We don't really know. We'll know one day. But on Snake Island, that spirit of fight, not willing to surrender, fighting to the last man, that is the only way Ukraine can win. Bye, everybody.